0: I'm Jodie Shield. I'm a success and leadership coach, self-improvement author, and wellness entrepreneur. And this is my podcast series, She's Electric. This is a special Christmas series featuring two new incredible interviews with brilliantly talented women. I've saved the best to last. In this episode, I'll be chatting to Edith Bowman. Edith has been working in TV and radio for nearly 20 years and her personal passion for music and film has resulted in an extensive and diverse body of work. From presenting the live coverage of the televised BAFTA Film Awards, hosting the BAFTA Scotland Awards for several years and writing Edith Bowman's Great British Music Festivals and producing the Sky Arts documentary Songs to Have Sex To after winning her first television commission. She also presents the multi-award winning podcast Soundtracking and guests have included Bradley Cooper, Peter Jackson, Guy Ritchie, Steve McQueen, Irvin Welsh, MIA and the series has hit over 1 million listens. We're going to talk about juggling a successful career with kids, breastfeeding at Glastonbury Festival, energy healing, staying zen and much much more. So I hope you enjoy the next half an hour or so. And if you do, then please subscribe, rate and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app. Remember also to check out the show notes and learn more about me on my website, jodyshield.co.uk. So have a listen, get inspired and be electric to say that you're an avid festival goer is probably putting it mildly I mean you've written a book on great british festivals as well yeah
1: my first festival experience was working when I was doing work experience and so I'd never there weren't that many festivals around then and so this was kind of like wow this is brilliant and then I started going as a you know as a music fan but I just think there are so many great festivals out there and each one has their own thing whether it's not about the music and it's about well-being or whether it's about um, uh, books or whether it's about uh, music or whether it's about film. You know, there's there's so many out there that I think for someone to say, oh, I'm not into festivals, it's like you've not really looked to see what's out there, really.
0: Mm, what's your favourite?
1: Um, I mean, I've got a really soft spot for Glastonbury just because I've been so many times and uh, I've got some crazy memories of being there as a music fan and being a single girl there and then also my husband and I having our first Glastonbury there together and then taking Rudy when he was 10 days old. I just had a c-section and I was on telly running off to breast pump um, in between links and stuff like that but it's it's you make the decisions to do things and so you have to have confidence in your conviction and and we kind of you know at the time it was like Are we mad? And then we kind of look back and go, I'm glad we did it and I wouldn't have had it any other way, really. Mm. So Glastonbury's got a really special place for the amount of memories that it's created for me and the amount of experiences and brilliant people that I've had the chance to meet and interview and things. In fact, someone put up a picture the other day on, you know, when you get tagged in other people's pictures. From 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm. And it was a picture of me and Amy Winehouse at at Glastonbury. And I, I, I really remember so much about that. And it was the afternoon and we were in her Winnebago, doing a pre-record and she was just so generous and full of kind of life and joy. And it was really lovely that someone had picked that moment up to just remind me about it mm. on, you know, I think one of the, that's one of the nice things about social media is sometimes things can come up and you can be reminded about them. Um But then I've got loads of other festivals that I really like, um, I love Festival Number Six, which I'm not sure is ever going to happen again. Actually, they sort of said after last year's that they were going to have a bit of a break, and it's this beautiful little boutique festival that happens out um, in in Wales. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember the exact place, is it near London? No? I can't remember now. But it's a big old schlep to get out there, mm-hmm. but it's brilliant, and they have all sorts of stuff on out there. And I was lucky enough to get invited out there to host the pod, my podcast live and so we had uh, we did a live thing with Irvin Welsh which was oh, wow. a lot of fun man can tell good stories yeah um and so that was a lot of fun uh, but then I like going to ones that I've never been to before
0: have you been to burning man
1: no I'd love mm. to go. I
0: met my husband there. Did you? We t- yeah, we met there. Oh, wow. <laughs> In amongst all the naked people. and Was he yeah. naked? He wasn't naked. Were you no. naked? I wasn't naked, oh, although I do like getting naked sometimes. <laughs> but we arra- I never forget, we arrived um, at Naked Greeters Hour, which meant that, see, when you arrive at Burning Man, if you're a newbie, you have to get out and, like, ring this bell. Mm-hmm to announce that you're new and that you're popping, you're burning my cherry or whatever it is. And uh, we showed up and it was naked greeters hour. So literally these naked men came running up to our RV, opened the door, like got us in in their arms and just like swung us round and we were just (laughs) like, oh my God, where the fuck are we? (laughs) And yeah, and then what continued was just uh, the most mega festival experience I think I've ever had. And you can take kids there as well in, in, in the RV, yeah
1: and is it a, is it a completely sort of would you describe it as like a life-changing experience
0: yeah and and when i went there it was in 2009 so good good few years ago and i i feel like i wasn't as like i guess open spiritually back then as 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 what i am now and so for me going there it was it was, I mean, it is It is breathtaking in, in, in such a way that there's just art everywhere. Yeah. There are art cars to see, there's eye candy, neon signs, like literally during the day there are so many things to see. At night time it comes alive and it is absolutely like another world. It's yeah. like being, you know, it's like getting up, off on Mars basically, yeah, like yeah, somewhere yeah. really random, like you're in the middle of this desert and it, as you know it kind of comes up, it's a pop-up little village for like, you know... A week, uh seven days, nine days, and it expands, and then it builds down, they burn the man at the end, and it's very poignant yeah so yeah, it was um, it was I'd a spiritual experience, go. yeah. yeah. You're gonna go next year. <laughs> going to look at flights <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm gonna download everything I know love about Bennington.
1: I'd love to do that. I'd just like hire an R V and just spend the entire summer driving around the States. Yeah, me too. Um I've been on tour with my husband out there a couple of times, so I've seen quite a lot of the States. We drove from coast to coast at one yeah, point. Amazing. Um, and you kind of it is weird that sometimes you feel like you're in Stepford Wives, where you're like waking up in the same place, you're like, Hold on, is that <laughs> not the same? Is this not where I was yesterday? Because everything's the same. Because <laughs> the they're man-made. Yeah. But then you find, you come across these amazing, like, pockets of, like, bohemian kind of culture sort of thing. Mm. Like, places like Athens and Georgia or Portland and Oregon and stuff mm. where there's kind of, feels like there's realness going on. Yeah, yeah. And art and culture and music and all that kind of stuff.
0: Have you been to Joshua Tree?
1: Not yet, no. Mm.
0: Are you going there this trip?
1: Well, we're going out to, so my cousin lives up in a place called Mammoth um, Lakes, which is... A six hour drive outside l a through the Mojave desert mm. uh and so um the plan is is to kind of go via Joshua tree on our way up there to see him, but I love that drive up through the desert and then you kind of hit this amazing sort of almost alpine landscape till then you get up in the mountains It's amazing,
0: yeah, when you go, go to Pioneer town, okay mm-hmm it's uh there's a bar there called pappy and harriet's and yeah. it's paul mccartney's played oh, there wow. mm. and it has random people like just rocking up out up the blue and just yeah, like yeah, yeah. doing a set randomly right yeah i love stuff like love that.
1: that well josh Hom from queens and stoner just got a studio mm. um somewhere near joshua tree as well mm. where the arctics did a couple of records and stuff so yeah yeah, I'll give you some tips okay, after yeah. this. <laughs>
0: One thing that I do talk a lot about on my podcast is people's journey and, yeah. and like, how how they kind of, where they've come from, how they, how they get to where they are now. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, for you, it was MTV and then Radio 1. And, I guess, did you always know that you wanted to be a broadcaster?
1: Um, I don't think so. I mean, I kind of, I came from a little fishing village in Scotland on the East Coast and, you know, population of 3,000, so very small. Uh, And that kind of very small community felt kind of claustrophobic to me very early on in life. And so I knew, my mum will, will kind of agree, she knew as well that I was going to get out. So I even remember passing, you know, kind of sitting my driving test probably sooner than I should have, but thankfully passing it and that freedom that I felt of having the ability to drive somewhere on my own, to go and explore, be it cinema gigs, anything like that, it was amazing.
0: Where did you first drive to?
1: First place I drove to was St Andrews actually to, with my mates to go to the cinema to the new picture house in St Andrews I can't remember what we went to see because the excitement was more more kind of memorable than the actual film probably mm-hmm. but um like I remember coming back from passing my test and like ripping my plates off my little red metro um, that I'd sort of waitressed my arse off to buy and uh And, yeah, and then kind of did that gradual thing. But weirdly, my dad's got this footage of me when I was seven. So my mum was just pregnant with my brother. And crazy as my mum is, it was on the back of a speedboat in a parachute, you know, those parapoint things. Mm. And uh, she was... And dad had a cine camera. He was filming her and I had the little microphone. And um, in this footage, I'm singing the News at Ten theme tune. I don't know how I knew the theme tune at the age of seven. But, um, and then, like, do like today, there's a lady up in a parachute. I think she's enjoyed herself. (laughs) And so, I don't know, there was just like, there was, I guess, there was like something in me that was, my mum was a performer in terms of she, I think, if she hadn't had me so young, she definitely, or not just me, but also having that responsibility of working in our family hotel. Yeah. If she hadn't had those kind of pools, I think she probably definitely would have explored her abilities as an actress because. She had amazing, she still has amazing talent of being a performer. I watched her in local amateur dramatics when I was a kid growing up. So I have that kind of from her, Mm -hmm. definitely. But then it wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I left school and it wasn't like at school I was making radio shows and stuff. (laughs) I was always surrounded by music and film, actually. My dad ran a little film club in the hotel on Saturday mornings. We always had music around, be it... Live bands playing in the hotel, um, local radio station coming and doing road shows, all that kind of stuff. And I always used to get all the kind of cast off seven inches from the DJs and stuff. So I could go and ask if they had any spares. Um, and uh, and so I'd, I, I, when I left school, I mean, I was kind of like a, you know, a teenager. I was a bit of a nightmare in that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I sat, you know, failed all my hards in fifth year got them in sixth year, but then I think it was just a case of, like, I'm bored, I don't know what to do. And I applied to, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I didn't really apply for anything apart from PE college. Mm. And I got the acceptance letter to be a PE teacher, and it, like, physically sort of terrified me to the point where I was like, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, and phoned them up and said, I'm sorry, but I can't take the place. And it was really hard to get into, so I felt really bad that I'd kind of wasted their time. But then, uh, because I'd left it late to apply, I went to my local college and did, like, a uh, diploma in communication studies because it had loads of things that I was into. So, video production, radio production, uh, journalism, public relations, um, loads of stuff, actually. And it was really practical. And then from that, I went to Edinburgh, to uni, and did the degree in communication studies. And Edinburgh was really kind of like, whoa, what is this? big city, big opportunities, and I kind of threw myself into it. I didn't really give uni the commitment that it, I should have. and let, I passed it, and I turned up to lectures, but every other minute was spent getting work experience at the local radio station or working in two bars to pay the rent and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it was at the radio station that I kind of really just immersed myself and, you know... Asked to do everything and anything so that I could... I was like a sponge and just wanted to learn. And that definitely gave me the kind of insight into that industry and go, there's definitely something here that I could do. Mm -hmm. But even at the start, when I was asking for work experience, you know, I went in and managed to get a meeting with a guy who ran the station and he sort of sat me down in in his office and was like, you know, well, what... Why should I give you work experience? What do you want to do? And I was like, well, eventually I'd like to have my own show on the station... And he sort of turned around and said, oh, we can't put someone with an accent like yours on the radio. Uh, and so I was kind of doing that thing of, of trying to inhale my tears as mm-hmm. I could feel them bubbling up behind my eyeballs. But I was like, I'm not going to let this fucker see me cry. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I guess a little bit of me has got this attitude in them that if someone tells me I can't do something, I want to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. So, in your face, Tom Steele. <laughs> 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 But um, I kind of, I think that's half of it some of the times sometimes is that, well, there's something I've learned is that you shouldn't take no for an answer, but it's really healthy to say no to things so that you can then say yes to the thing that you're meant to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that.
1: So my mum always says to me, what's meant for you won't pass you by. Mm-hmm. She's a wise old woman, my mum. Mm. She's not old. She's a wise woman. <laughs> um, but um, I do think that that's true. And, you know, I was talking to you earlier about my friend Gemma, who's been a, a really good mate of mine, who's just retraining and... In kind of healing in various forms and she uses me as a bit of guinea pig for her various things that she's learning be it sound therapy or EFT and mindfulness and meditation all that kind of stuff and one of the things she said to me after one of the first sessions she did to to me was that you need to stop chasing things so much, you need to take a step back because what's meant for you will come to you and I did and it was unbelievable the turnaround in that and how much it did Mm. like physically took a step back from like emailing my agent and stuff going, What about this? What about that? What about this? And just went, Don't do it. Take a step back. It's a bit like in a relationship, you know, when you kind of when you're like chasing that person, whether you're in the relationship or you just want to be in that relationship and you suddenly take that step back and then suddenly they like are going, Well hold on a minute. What's Yeah. I love
0: that. It's it it's so like for me it's the term I use is slowing down to speed up. Yeah. And no one in their right mind, especially here in London, can get their head mm. head around what the hell that means. Yeah. But you just exactly, you know, illustrated what that means. It's that whole process of relaxing, letting it go, practicing non-attachment and mm. then waiting for things to come in. Because you're open, you're ready. You're like, hey, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm here. I'm experienced. I've done this and this. I'm on that vibration. Yeah. Bring it in.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And also if you ask for things, they'll happen. You know, i really kind of... I'm learning so much about that that world through Gem and what she's doing as well, about that thing about, you You know, if you genuinely prepare yourself and ask for it, then if, it's, if it is meant for you, it will come to you.
0: Yeah. And then if it isn't meant for you at that time, then you'll need to, you just go through a little shift. Yeah. Something will come up and maybe it's a fear you want to face or whatever. And then as soon as that's transformed, then it comes in. Yeah. And
1: it's all about learning about yourself and... And listening to yourself as well and listening to what's going on around you as well, Mm. I think. Mm. Just awareness, I think.
0: Totally, exactly. Awareness of yourself, awareness of others, awareness of this. I was exploring this the other day and, um, you know, I I run uh, group coaching courses and programmes online. I've got a community as well and we were exploring this idea of, you know is it God? Is it the universe? Is it the sun? Is it the stars? Whatever it is that you want to yeah. believe in, there's yeah. something no doubt there's something there that is yeah. guiding us. Totally. And I feel like to your point, you know, about, um, you know, being open and and slowing down and, you know, those things that are meant for you won't pass you by, all of those amazing things that you've shared. Um, as In addition to those things, having this Do you want to call it faith or trust or something? Trust, yeah. Trust, that there's something there that is guiding us. Yeah. And the more you exercise that, it's like building a a muscle. Yeah. Isn't it like going to the gym, building your abs or whatever? I got
1: slightly obsessed last week about, um, I had to go and talk about Christopher Nolan's film, Inception. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of just get a bit more knowledge about the kind of science of that whole side of things. And so fell down a, a rabbit hole um, exploring lucid dreams yes oh my god <laughs> did you practice I'm not yet but I'm planning to uh, you know it's like oh my god this is amazing mm-hmm. so I'm so that's my new obsession at the minute is kind of just learning more about it before I kind of mm. take that leap and and sort of try and yeah try and explore it really
0: it's an amazing film
1: yeah it's a great film
0: it's funny because something just came up as you were talking it's like this idea the world is what you say it is we see the world through our programs and our beliefs and your friend jen will be Mm. so into this as well and um when you're you know willing to slow down as you're saying (laughs) and relaxing and start to be a bit more present
1: yeah totally it's
0: mad what happens you're like am i in this am i in a different dimension like is it like, I'm aware of my, my my breath. I'm aware of, like, yeah. what I'm saying.
1: Colours, all everything. that kind of thing. Yes.
0: The vibrancy of the colours in this room. I'm just looking at this all the time when <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, my God, it's amazing. And, you know, I used to escape myself so much through, like, everything. You know, um, alcohol, drugs, everything that we yeah. all used to do when we were kids. And I don't need that. And it's like, when I arrived at Burning Man, like, I was like, I don't, you know... I want to have I'm, there's so much to see yeah. I'm tuned in now yeah. so much that there's not a part of me that wants to do any of that
1: yeah and it's weird anymore. it's funny because I was talking about who's I talking to someone were talking recently about they were talking about like the 90s and I was like, and, like the, and then kind of going into the noughties and I was like there's so much of that time that I actually can't remember mm, hardly anything about it <laughs> and it's kind of like what a shame
0: Mm-hmm.
1: what a waste, because mm-hmm. I was doing some amazing stuff, mm. be it, you know, travel shows, or, I mean, I can remember quite a lot of them, because I've got pictures and stuff, and all that kind of thing, but, but yeah, I kind of, like, feel, oh, man, I wish I kind of could have, you know, talk to my earlier self, and go, just, just, just take a minute to make sure you try and remember more of this, mm. So yeah, I totally appreciate what you're saying with that definitely about awareness.
0: I feel like reconciling what you're kind of talking the way that I've reconciled some of that is that the experiences that I went through when I was a teenager when I was a bit younger and um, they all the, all the experience I went through they have they allowed my mind to expand in a way that now all these more spiritual experiences that I have, Mm -hmm. I'm way more open-minded to them. Things happen faster. I can feel energy more than I probably could have done. And I mean I went I went into Peru um eight years ago and did ayahuasca in the jungle. Oh, well, and like amazing. I would probably have never got there. Yeah. Unless my mind you know, if my mind hadn't have been as open as it was, yeah. I wouldn't have had the experience I had there. I wouldn't have been able to put my through that myself through that experience. I wouldn't have been able to drink the ayahuasca. Like yeah. there was So much of my, I don't know, 90s and growing up that had prepared me for this experience that I was involved in.
1: It's almost like you have to go through it to then allow your brain to kind of, yeah, to be ready for this next stage, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then when I was writing my book and I was talking about, you know, being on the dance floor and I did two seasons in Ibiza. So as I worked for Space and I worked for Pasha and I was like having a lovely time. And that was my spiritual experience yeah dancing was yeah, yeah, going yeah, to yeah, clubs yeah. like going yeah. you know i I'm, I'm sure you get this as well that that was my spiritual yeah. experience back yeah. then
1: yeah totally it's funny we i went to um one of the travel shows i did we went to new zealand and we went to speak to uh, uh a local maori tribe in rotorua mm. um and uh it was amazing it was absolutely you were completely sort of engrossed in their culture and their way of life for like two or three days and stuff. And I found that like just being in their environment with those people um, really, really spiritual and mm. really kind of I don't know. It was it was my kind of it was the first I think time that I'd had that kind of experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Mm. We always also went somewhere and had like not to the extent of your. Peruvian trip but I think it was in Mexico maybe mm-hmm. or no, Bolivia maybe where we drank like a a kind of a, a local sort of special drink that was. I can't remember where it was, again it's this memory thing of like of sort of and it's not like I was off my face for the entire time, <laughs> I don't know why it is it's almost like my brain didn't need to remember it or something, mm. I, I'm not totally sure but I'm hoping that at some point I kind of find a way of being able to unlock that chest of drawers it's happening already for us talking about <laughs> it right it's happening already
0: yeah. um if you sh- if you like I mean I went to Bolivia and it was it was one of my favorite places yeah. actually and everyone's like loves Brazil and loves Argentina and they were amazing but for me Peru and Bolivia spending all that time in Bolivia with Bolivian people who are still in their traditional costume yeah. Yeah.
1: was was insane yeah that's what it's about, I think, when you go to different places and try and experience different cultures, is really embed yourself in the core of those cultures rather than the kind of tourist side of mm, it. Finding t- the authenticity of it. Totally agree. And really sharing in their experiences. Yeah. Leaving all your baggage at the door and just fully immersing yourself in theirs. Mm,
0: yeah. Taking, like, all the ten bags that I've got That's brought it. here. Yeah, all the devices. I'm such a woman like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know that you've got two lovely boys, and I am pretty sure it's a juggling act getting everybody ready and out the front door in the morning. Uh, Probably a miracle, actually, just to make sure everyone leaves on time. Is there anything that you do that is a bit like a morning
1: routine, or is anything that you do to kind of get you into a certain headspace for the day? So I had a really interesting one yesterday. Actually, we'd had a so my husband's away at the minute, and it's full on when he's away. You know, I've got a lovely lady who comes, Helen who um, used to be our full-time nanny when Spike was born. And she's older, got three grown-up kids. Uh, she she doesn't need to, or want to work full-time, so she helps us out like, three days a week. three Sorry, three afternoons a week. And so, you know, I, I, I never kind of profess to to be able to do it all on my own. i have help. Um, I don't have my mum and dad or family close by, which I really envy people who do. Mm. So when Tom's not here, we're a great team, but when he's not here, it's like, right, okay, stealth mode. Let's get on with it. So yesterday the boys and I had a great day and weekends are not like normal weekends because the weekends are about their events and their activities. You know, I've got a 9.30 football training session, 11.30 football training session, uh, 3.15 water polo session, you know, because it kind of, it's just like they've got so much on. So we had a great day yesterday and then they went, I, was, I wanted to get them down early last night because they were shattered and we went upstairs, actually no, I sent them upstairs whilst I was loading the dishwasher and said, boys we going brush your teeth and then I'll come in we'll read some we're reading Harry Potter at the minute we're on the fourth book and um, and within 30 seconds like World War 3 had erupted in the bathroom sort of thing and they were like he did this he did that sort of thing and I shouted at them and I hated myself for shouting at them but and then so I shouted at them and then I sent them to the rooms and then I had a moment and then I went into the rooms and I talked really calmly and we talked through it and got them to explain what the other one had done and the other one had done. I was like, look, OK, let's blank canvas. Let's try and not have to go through this conversation again. Let's, um, you know, try and understand that it's not about just what you want, that we're part of a team and mm-hmm. you need to be appreciative of other people and understand that maybe they might need their space. So, like, wow, can you hear the rain? I can. I love amazing. it. I love rain. It's for me shouting at It's cleansing! <laughs> 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 oh, it's punishment for you <laughs> shouting at kids, yeah. And, and love then... It. And then uh, weirdly, my husband messaged. He was like, "How are we the boys?" And it was like I said, they were brilliant all day. And then I, and then we had a bit of an incident, and I shouted, at and I feel terrible for it. And they, I, I, I do, I hate the fact that they've probably gone to bed hating me, sort of thing. And he's like, "They'll be absolutely fine in the morning." So uh, in the middle of the night, my six-year-old comes up and cuddles in to me you know, in the middle of the night. And Rudy woke up, and he was in such a good mood. And we had a big old cuddle in the morning and stuff. And so it was great. I knew that it was gone. And that we'd kind of forgotten about it Mm -hmm. and but i'd kind of when i got up and i was brushing my teeth i almost kind of just gave myself a moment of going breathe that's all yesterday this is today and try and come into it with a kind of calm sensibility and talk to them um and don't put too much expectation on them because i think sometimes i expect too much of them you know they're six and ten and we had a great morning and we were out the door without any incident this morning and I do think it's about how you talk to them, how you communicate with them but I think also what I've found really helps is asking for their help so you make them part of your routine of what you're doing so you know Rudy can you lay the table, Spike can you crack the eggs you know all that kind of stuff and so you're taking them, you're bringing them into your experience of that morning so that they see what's got to be done and they see how little time you have to do it and they're part of it all mm. rather than me going right do that do that you know kind of eat your breakfast eat your breakfast sort of thing mm. so yeah every morning's different I have mm. to say and it's all about um, I think it's about not going in with expectation of mm. it running smoothly mm. or running to time but just try and go in there with a calm approach I love that do you get in- some more actually I love that it's raining, by the way.
0: <laughs> Do you it makes w- me
1: feel better about <laughs> shouting. <laughs> As I said to them, I was like, I hate shouting at you. Yeah. I really, and I hate that that was my reaction mm. and I'm sorry for shouting. Mm. Um, but, and then I explained why I had and, you know, so, yeah, I, I think by, also by communicating with them mm. and also apologising to them because if they hear you apologising, then they realise that apologising is a good thing. Mm. I love that. Yeah. My
0: friend is a doula actually. She's a really oh, amazing. She's an old school doula like yeah. she's been doing ring if that's even the word <laughs> for a long time. And you know, she she says to me when you have a baby, you know, speak to the baby. The baby can he- actually hear what's yeah. going
1: on. I used to speak to them
0: in my tummy. Yeah, but also don't need to speak to them like they're babies. You yeah. can speak to them like they're adults because yeah. they're people. Yeah. And appreciate them as
1: people. Yeah. Well, that's I get so that with a lot of kids that are like, they're at my, at my kids' school. Like, there's a couple of them who, I mean, you know, we do play dates and all that kind of thing. And and they always kind of come up and chat. And I always just chat to them as if they're, like, my mate. Yeah. Rather than, you know, that kind of stuff. yeah. Or talking slowly or whatever and yeah. stuff. You just kind of go, that's an enormous ice cream you've got kind of thing. You know what <laughs> I mean? You kind of, like, just rather than pandering to them or talking down to them. Mm. Do you uh, involve your
0: kids in cooking?
1: Yeah. And how's love that? love it. Yeah, they love it, and I think that also. Um, I mean, Rudy's he's uh, ten, going on eleven, and he's brilliant. He will try anything. Uh, Spike's very got a, quite a strict um, uh, approach to trying new things. But at the minute, we're trying to try one new thing a week. It's not really working out, but never mind. We try. <laughs> um, but but that's because Spike's um, personality is that he doesn't like being told what to do. So if you can find a way of it making of him feeling like he's made the decision, mm-hmm. then he'll go with it. Mm. Um, but I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. get that. But no, they're, they really love cooking and they really love food. Um, and I think it's a great thing. I grew up in a kitchen, you know, with my mum and her sisters. My mum's one of seven mm. and they had a family hotel. So I grew up in the kitchen, was kind of allowed to do stuff. And I think that's what it's about. It's about... Just letting them explore, really.
0: Yeah, it is. And I, my mum was a restaurateur, so oh, she amazing. had restaurants, so similar industry. However, I found it so stressful and it rubbed off on me to the point where I have the biggest mental block around cooking. Oh, really? Yeah. And mum's like, oh, I can't believe it. I ruined it when you were kids. And I'm like, no, but my brother loves cooking. He wants to open a restaurant. Oh, so amazing. I think I just need to get over myself. But yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah how just I guess when you see stress when you're when you're little Mm. and you look at what is stressing out your parents and then if it is cooking or another activity you kind of put the two and two together yeah yeah, it's stressful to cook and then that's
1: how I've ended up being wow that's yeah that's really interesting yeah I mean I'm the opposite and I love kind of I guess it's part of the one of the maternal things in me is about is is the kind of feeding thing even when they were babies like you'd open my freezer and it would be like kind of there'd be no adult food in there it'd just be all those kind of little mini frozen pots of like pureed vegetables and stuff because mm-hmm. that was another way of me dealing with mum guilt mm. of like going out to work was like well if I've cooked for them then at least I've done something mm. towards their you know it's a weird sort of mm. way around it but even now I'm still the same like if I'm working at the weekend and my in-laws come to look after I'll have made like two pasta sauces, a lasagna and a fish pie that will be in the fridge that I know that going, I'm feeding them, mm. I'm not a bad mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's
0: weird. So we talked a little bit about meditation very briefly and, you know, I'm a big meditator. It's a big part of my journey, my career, mm. but pretty much everything I do, <laughs> I love meditating. But I was, you know, I'm also interested in like what is... What
1: are other people's versions of meditation? Uh well I'm I'm trying to do more of it actually. Mm-hmm. Um and I got Gem actually sent me a couple of things to um to look at. There's um there was one she was like, get over the voice and then you'll be fine, sort of thing. <laughs> um I do um I've used them a lot to help with sleep and stuff as well, like sort of um and done quite a bit of mindfulness. But I the thing that I that helps me in terms of that sort of the release and the kind of clarity and uh, and kind of almost feeling like I'm coming back to the surface is 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 bits of exercise. I'm not some kind of like uh, obsessive exerciser, but there it's short bursts for me. But I really appreciate and particularly in the last year or so, I've really appreciated and understood the benefits of it both mentally and physically. So, like, I do a Pilates class twice a week. Um, Like, I do it every Monday morning because it just kind of starts me in a really good place for the week. Mm. And then I live right by Hampstead Heath and I try and do two or three runs across the Heath a week. Just, like, 3K, nothing big. Mm. Because I I don't have the... I I get bored really quickly. So um, that's the other thing that I find is that that kind of... um, That, I guess, it's been out in the fresh air and just with nothing else apart from myself, just to go at my own pace. And I find that incredible. Mm. And I feel all the right things are running through me after it as well.
0: Mm. Do you feel like after a run like that on the Heath where there's just nature Nature, and everything, do you feel really inspired when you come back? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm. I feel like I can take on the world. Mm. It's kind of like, right. I I mean, I I almost like can't wait to get back, have a shower and get started. and i get and it's it's weird i'm now at the stage now that i kind of like like today i'm like already going brilliant i'm get a run tomorrow and if i haven't had one or two runs in a week i get really frustrated mm. um so i kind of like i need to, i kind of crave it and i i really 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 see the benefits in it mm. and it's nice to have found that
0: amazing on the heath as well it's so beautiful yeah. there so what what has been up? Oh, Probably one of because there's probably been so many lessons that you've learned, but what is like about a big lesson that's kind of come up recently or whatever that you've learned and you've thought, oh my gosh, that was such a big, massive lesson and, and and can you share a little bit about how you overcame it? Yeah. As well.
1: Um, well, I think I've seen to you earlier about how uh, um, you know I'm kind of like I'm really impatient and I'm really you know, I used to be the person that would chase, so I'd be really impatient, what about that, what about that? Um, and so there was a, a situation where I'd, a job that I thought I'd got um, and then my agent Caroline called me to say that it didn't look like it was going to happen. Uh, and I got so upset, like, mm. about it and really kind of, I was I was kind of, I was moody with hard and I was just sort of, I was, you know, I was sobbing not sobbing about it but i was crying about it because i was really like disappointed um and then that's when i when when gemma did the this the the the, um session on me and she was just like you need to you need to take a step back and you need to if things aren't happening they're not happening for a reason so you need to not let it you know it's kind of go okay i've accepted that i move on and so i've I've made a conscious effort to (laughs) <laughs> kind of put that to bed and go well it wasn't meant to be uh i need to sort of open myself up again and get ready for whatever's next and stuff and then i got the job that i thought i hadn't mm-hmm. got um and it was really weird um and kind of was like shit this stuff's amazing mm-hmm. so um i think that that's kind of that was a big lesson for me as well in terms of you know, A, A also just—I hated. I didn't like how I'd been like moody with Caroline, and I was like, "I'm really sorry for getting." She's like, "You care about what you do. You love what you do. So when it—it's not happening—and I, I, she's like, "I get it. You know, don't. It's fine." But I was like, "Well, no, but it's not right to be like that with you. So I'm sorry." Um, and so, yeah, it's just that thing of kind of not taking things so personally, and it's not got anything to do with your ability or your skills or anything like that it's just just accept that it's not meant to be and take a step back and get ready for the next thing
0: Mm, that's so powerful this practice of attachment is is something that humans struggle with so much Mm. and because we naturally get attached to things because that's just the definition of who we are we love getting attached to things and ideas and Simply saying to someone, you know, let it let it go, let it go, mm. is such a big ask because mm. when you let it go in your mind, you think, well, I'm losing control, and I'm letting go of that, and I need to hold on to that because I need to hold on and make sure it happens. And I want actually, to
1: frozen, aren't you? Right yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that is it. Yeah, it totally Absolutely. Is. So as soon as you let it go, you're like, oh.
1: it yeah. is. It's like it's a physical thing as well. It's kind of. You know, and I was definitely not in the kind of headspace for th- that conversation to resonate with me ten years ago, probably. That's it. But now, because I feel like I—I I don't know why. I don't know whether it's just because I've surrounded myself with with people, with 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 treatments, or with with whatever practices that have opened me up to it, or um, given me a more of a freedom to accept things like that. Then I definitely the benefits of it i mean i kind of i see her i go and get acupuncture with this lady maybe once every three weeks and i went to see her primarily at the start for um hay fever Mm -hmm. and so someone said she's amazing and she she she'll kind of sort your hay fever so i went to see her and obviously with acupuncture she doesn't she can't just kind of stick a couple of needles in the hay fever points and that's it it's about balancing everything yeah yeah and so she, um, in fact, she was the very first person to do sound therapy on me with her tuning forks. Yeah. And so she does it's powerful.
0: The tuning forks un- is really powerful, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I
1: have out of body experiences. It's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. So she puts them in, and she um, she does a bit of Reiki, and then she does the tuning forks and stuff. And I, it just absolutely reboots me. Yeah. And I've I, I've no and the different sensations that you get from. I guess, what's going on in the chakras and stuff with what needs released or pushed or whatever and stuff. But when she does the tuning forks, when the needles are in me, I can physically feel the rush in my body Mm -hmm. of of the channels opening up and things flowing better and things like that. It's mm. unbelievable. Mm.
0: And isn't it amazing when your mind starts to connect that there's actually something's happening, it's yeah. tangible, it works. And yeah. then it's easier for you then to start believing yeah. in it more. Yeah. And when you believe in it more then it really, really works. It yeah. really, really works. It's yeah, amazing. It's isn't just it?
1: about having an open mind about mm. it. Really?
0: Absolutely. Mm. I love that. Um, one of my favorite things to do, actually, I've got some with me, is I, I created these, um, like, <laughs> happiness card things. Oh, <laughs> you know what? To give out on the tube to people because oh, we, ne- we need them. <laughs> and there, there they are. And uh, it's, it gives someone a lift and it just snaps someone out of their space. But it also, cha- you know, it challenges me. Yeah. It gets me into new conversations with people and because totally. otherwise it's just, you're so, we're so just guilty of kind of like, you know, looking at everyone's addicted to their phones yeah, and all that. Totally. So I did, I created that to to have more conversation with people and open up spaces with people and um, really, I love pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So if it's like, this is a bit mad, but if it's staying in the sauna longer than I should, so yeah. my ego's like, get out, you're <laughs> melting. I'm like, I can stay in longer than this Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Like, do you consciously have that thing where you're like right I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing myself out of my, out of my um, yeah. comfort zone and be in that learning zone and give me some examples about when you do that
1: well I did that in Pilates this morning where we were doing a side plank with a with a with a hip raise <laughs> that nearly killed me I was yeah. like she's like you've got 10 seconds to go and I was like I can do 12 you know, <laughs> kind of like it's like it's mind over matter so much of the time um and I think that I just think that you've, I mean, I, I don't get the opportunity, to be honest, to to step outside my comfort zone. There'll be occasions where, like with work things, where you get, um, like I did this thing last year, which was a, it was a live um, vodcast, if that's what it's called, mm-hmm. um, about the sustainability of our future transport systems. Mm-hmm. Totally not my specialist <laughs> field. Yeah, but I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved it. And mm. I think it's that thing where when you're at school, you have this thing where you're, you're, you've are you're you got no option. You're learning. This is your school years. And so you almost kind of rebel against it in a way. And I also just think that our brains aren't ready to take in all that information. Mm. I can't remember jack shit that I learned at school. Me neither. Um, and so it gets to a point, I think, where you're an adult where your brain craves information. It craves learning. And I went back to school when... Uh, I was pregnant with Rudy actually to do a night class in photography just mm. at um, uh, college up in Islington and I loved it it was just one night a week but I was like this is brilliant and then even with things like all the research that I do for the podcast with you know all the different directors and producers and all that kind of stuff you know I dive in to research and I, I do all the research so just reading up and learning stuff and And like the inception thing and diving down that kind of rabbit hole of like the science of lucid dreams. It's like really not my field, but I am loving learning all this new stuff. So I think that it's a really healthy thing to do. Mm. It's kind of find something that kind of does take you out of your comfort zone, that you are learning something new. Mm, Love that.
0: I've got a tip for you with the Pilates. And when you're learning your new moves, you know, when the mind starts going like, oh, what am I having for lunch? And like just taking you on a trip i i'll i'll just repeat over and over again i can 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 and it just does something magic and gets you really super
1: focused right i need to not take the bed by the window as well because it's the distraction of the traffic which i think is going to help me forget how long i've got to hold this pose for but actually it just (laughs) makes you want to be on the street i really want a coffee from the coffee (laughs)
0: that kind of thing absolutely totally (laughs) get that um what excites you about being
1: a woman right now? Uh, oh, the potential, mm-hmm. the opportunities, really. Mm-hmm. Feels like, um, I don't know, it feels like a really, feels like a, a kind of, a, I don't know, the tables have turned a bit and the I mean, I feel like that, that you've got to, if you want to do something, the tools are there to do it. Mm. Whether you're a woman or a man, to be honest. I mean, my big thing has been the mum of two boys is that I'm all for, you know, female empowerment, but... Being the mum of two boys, I need them to be part of the conversation Mm. and included Mm -hmm. rather than being excluded. Mm. So for me, that's the big message that I feel like I need to be shouting about is that definitely empowering women and making sure that there's equality there and equal rights. But it's also, nothing's going to change if we don't include the men and the boys in the conversation because otherwise it's just going to be, it's another extension of exclusion. Mm -hmm. So, um, and nothing will change. So I feel like um, it's a uh, it's an exciting time to be a woman because I think the world is our oyster
0: mm. more
1: I agree. so than ever. Mm. But I think going forward, it's got to be an inclusive conversation, and
0: it absolutely should be. I feel like yes, you know. So- some of us most of us lots of us especially in the spiritual arena life coach arena coaching arena are talking about this divine feminine uprising and that's brilliant however my husband is an amazing person that's very in touch with his feminine qualities as well and so he holds space for me even though he's got a a big career you know and I feel like exactly like inviting them in to have that conversation to hold space with us
1: yeah and I think that my boys hopefully grow up because you know Tom and I are a real partnership and there's You know, I mean, I might do most of the cooking, but that's my choice because I love it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's that thing of kind of like our home environment is very much, it's a team effort and there's no certain roles for people and all that kind of thing. And my boys grew up seeing their mum work and I think that all that kind of thing. You know, I grew up surrounded by really amazing women who who didn't have to fight for what they were doing. They were just really bloody Mm -hmm. good at it and Mm -hmm. were given... You know, the ran a hotel and my nana was a formidable woman. Um, and so, yeah, I saw I grew up with a lot of women in lots of different roles, but really respected and appreciated. Mm. So I hope that I let my boys and encourage my boys to think the same way. Mm. Well, thank you so much, thank you.
0: and we can follow and you all my on. my gifts. Edie, <laughs> She's surrounded gifts by Christmas gifts
1: as well. It's brilliant.
0: <laughs> we can. Everyone can follow you at Edie Bow on Insta, and you're off to California, so I'm sure we're going to see some nice holiday pics very soon as well.
1: Hopefully, a little bit of a tan. Thank you oh, so much for inviting though. me
0: down today. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and anything else we that you have got coming soon. up? We will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, who, who have you got coming up on your podcast? Everybody, if you haven't seen the Umbrella Academy yet highly recommended on Netflix with Mary J Blige yeah. and catch Edith's latest podcast version as yeah, said, with, yeah.
1: with Mary. Uh, who have we got coming up? We've got... Um, uh, oh man, so I had Simon Amstel and James Wright in this week which was amazing. Oh, Jordan Peele mm-hmm. who directed Get Out. He's got a new film called Us that's unbelievably brilliant. It's so good. Oh, and coming up in May... We have a female sound uh, composer special with three um, brilliant kind of, I say up and coming, they're already brilliant, but they're kind of, they're about to go kind of stratospheric. Um, we've got Emily uh, Leveson down there. We've got uh, Amelia Warner and Carly Paradis. Amazing. So that's coming up in May and it's a record of a live podcast that we did. So yeah, we're at Soundtrack in UK, case. So come and follow us. And listen. Oh
0: the link's in your bio on yeah. Instagram, right? Yeah. So head there as well. So that was the lovely Edith we had such a powerful chat it was just like chatting to an old friend so so easy and we had so much in common we gelled so I hope you enjoyed this episode of she's electric remember to share it with your friends subscribe rate and review the podcast thank you so much and I'm going to be back next episode with another electric woman